Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Outside of the triune God, outside of the Trinity, there are two names mentioned in the Apostles' Creed, too. The first is Mary. Mary, who was visited by the angel Gabriel. Mary, who humbly submitted to God's plan. Mary, who gave birth to the Son of God in a stable. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the second is Pontius Pilate. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. For centuries, all around the world, in a variety of languages, Christians have confessed their faith and spoken the name Pontius Pilate. Now, you might not be able to name one of the 82 Roman emperors who ruled for a 500-year period in history, but because of the creed, you can name Pontius Pilate. Pilate was a government official and not a very good one. In the year 26, he was appointed by the emperor to serve in Judea. Judea was an insignificant province in the far corner of the empire. This was an undesirable appointment for a government official. First of all, it was far from Rome. And second, it was an unstable region. For about 10 years, Pilate was procurator of Judea. This meant he had full control of the province, which included the city of Jerusalem, which included the temple. Pilate was in charge of the, the entire army of occupation in Judea, some 25,000 soldiers, and he alone had the power of life and death. Pilate alone had the power to sentence someone to death. Which is why, in our passage from John, Jesus was before Pilate. Only hours before Jesus had been betrayed by Judas, only hours before Jesus had been arrested, brought before the high priest, questioned, and now he was taken to Pilate in the night. Why? Because the religious leaders wanted him out of the way. Jesus was a threat, a threat to their position, a threat to their power, a threat to their influence. So they wanted him dead. But only Pilate could order it. Only Pilate could carry it out. So they brought him Jesus. And they accused Jesus of claiming to be a king. And such a claim broke Roman law. In the eyes of the empire, there was only one ruler of Judea, only one ruler of the Jews, and that was the emperor. No other claim to power, no other claim to authority would be tolerated. And all those guilty of sedition would be sentenced to death. Crucified. Nailed to a cross. 
Well, Pilate took Jesus inside. He questioned Jesus, and then he went back out to the religious leaders, and he speaks these words found in John chapter 18, verse 38. Pilate says, I find no guilt in him. Pilate finds Jesus innocent. The ruling Roman authority declares Jesus innocent. But this is not what the Jewish leadership wanted to hear. They do not want him released. They want him dead. Well, in response, Pilate hands Jesus over to be beaten, to to be taught a very public lesson, thinking that this might satisfy those who wanted him dead. But this act by Pilate was clearly unjust. But it was one that he had the power to carry out. If you were not a Roman citizen, you had very few rights before the might of Rome. Jesus was declared innocent, yet he was beaten and bloodied, humiliated and mocked. After whipping him, they dressed him in a purple robe. Purple was the color of royalty. And they fashioned a crown of thorns and pressed it on his head, serving to both humiliate him and to cause him pain. And then they ridiculed him. Hail, King of the Jews, they cried. And and as they bowed before him, jeering and deriding, they struck him and they hit him with their fists. This is a picture of utter humiliation. This is a picture of utter disgrace. It's a picture of injustice. It's a picture of suffering and pain and abuse and affliction. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Once again, Pilate goes before the Jewish leadership. Once again, he declares his judgment upon Jesus. I find no guilt in him. And then he brings Jesus out in a dramatic fashion saying, behold the man. And Pilate points to a beaten, bruised, broken, bloodied, belittled figure wearing a crown of thorns. Or, as the prophet Isaiah wrote, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. The very Son of God. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Behold, the man, Pilate cries as he brings forth Jesus. And on the one hand, he was scorning Jesus, bruised and swollen and bleeding and pathetic. Behold, the man. And, And on the other hand, he was jeering the Jewish religious leaders. Is this the the king that you were concerned about? Is this the king that you felt threatened by? Look at him now. Behold the man. He is nothing. He is harmless. He is ridiculous. Does claims make any sense now? 
But the religious leaders were undeterred. He ought to die, they cry out. And since Pilate rejected their first charge that Jesus broke Roman law, that Jesus claimed to be a king against the authority of Rome, that he was guilty of sedition and deserved death, they, they tried a different route. He broke our law. He made himself to be son of God and broke our law. In other words, he's guilty of blasphemy. He's profaned the holy name of the Lord. He ought to die. Crucify him. Now, as procurator, Pilate was not only charged with upholding Roman law, but also local law. So when Pilate heard this, he became afraid. And he took Jesus back inside to question him once again. He, he asked Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus offers no answer. Only silence. And, and the silence irritates Pilate. He, he lashes out. You will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? At this, Jesus speaks. And listen again to his words from verse 11. You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Jesus tells Pilate, the authority that you have, the, the power that you had is, have is not simply your own. Nor does it just come from the Roman Empire. The authority over thousands of, of soldiers, the power of life and death given to Pilate did not originate with the emperor. The authority that Pilate held, the power that he wielded over Jesus came from above. It's given by God. For the one true God, the eternal God, the almighty maker of heaven and earth, the eternal father is sovereign. He possesses all authority. He possesses all power. He possesses all might. And any authority, any power, any might that is held by any individual or any group or any nation comes from him and him alone. It's given by God. And, and this is true whether they know him or not, acknowledge him or not, claim him or not, for he is Lord over all. All. This, this truth should offer you assurance. This truth should offer you comfort. As you live in a divided and, and rancorous national political landscape, as, as war continues in Ukraine, as China flexes its national muscles, as inflation seems to continue to rise, as we see continued crime in our city, as we see natural disasters, hurricanes, and, and, and earthquakes, remember, God is sovereign. He is Lord of all. Nothing happens outside of his knowledge. Nothing happens outside of his providence. Nothing happens outside of his will. Now, this does not mean that you can or should do nothing. As, as if affirming that God is in control means that you can just 
kick back with uh, Netflix and let God do his thing. No, you still need to pray. You still need to serve. You still need to love. You still need to work. You still need to vote. You still need to be involved. But what it means when you, when you are doing things, these things, you know that God is present, that God is active, that God's will is being done and you can trust him. And that even in the midst of evil, even in the midst of violence and death and injustice and wickedness, God's will is being done. You may not understand it. You may not comprehend it. And you may not like it. But he's working his purpose out in history. He's working his purpose out in the world. He's working his purpose out in your life and for your good. Pilate did not know God. Pilate did not want to know God, but he was God's instrument. The power that he had came from God. The authority that he had came from God. The decisions that he made, cowardly and unjust decisions, were part of God's plan. The Roman Empire, godless, pagan, represented by Pilate, was used as an instrument, a key instrument in God's plan of redemption. The son had to suffer. The son had to suffer. Jesus had to be betrayed. Jesus had to be tried. He had to be humiliated and rejected and mocked and beaten and bruised and bloodied. This was part of God's plan. This was God's will. Why? For you. For me for our sake, to save us. Now, the truth is, the, the, the difficult truth is this. You should be judged. You should be tried. Why? For your sin. For sin, for your sin. Diso disobeying God's law, trespassing his commands, failing to live as God desires, failing to love is sin. And it only takes one. One sin means you are judge guilty. One sin means you stand condemned. And guilty and condemned, you deserve the wrath of God for your sin. Guilty and condemned, your sentence is death. Before God, sin deserves capital punishment, death. But this is God's amazing love for you. Jesus Christ took your place. The Son of God took your place. 
the one conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, took your place. He was judged for you in your place. And he was pronounced not guilty. He was declared innocent because the Son of God was without sin. He was without sin. He lived his entire life obeying God's commands. He lived his entire life living as God desired. He lived his entire life living in love, loving God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving his neighbor as himself. And he lived it out every day, every minute, every second, perfectly. He was innocent. Though he was not guilty, he suffered. Though he was innocent, he was condemned and sentenced to death for you, for your sake. He suffered under Pontius Pilate for you, for your sake. He experienced the wrath of God for sin. He suffered for sin, for your sin. Betrayal and humiliation and rejection and abuse and abandonment, Christ had to suffer. This was God's plan carried out by the authority of the Roman Empire for you, for your sake. Jesus Christ takes your place. He stands for you, takes on your sin, and he gives you his innocence. He gives you his verdict of not guilty so that rather than condemned, you stand acquitted. Rather than death, you are given life and the promise of eternal life. This is God's love for you in the Son. And all you need to do is receive it. By faith. Faith in the one who suffered under Pontius Pilate. His road was that of suffering. He walked the way of suffering for you. And he walked it before you. So that when you suffer, remember that your Savior has. When you are betrayed, humiliated, rejected, abandoned, abused, whenever you experience struggles, troubles in body and mind and, and soul, remember Jesus has been there. Your Savior has been there. He bore it for you. He led the way for you. He walks with you. Which means you can endure suffering differently than those who do not know Jesus. You can endure suffering differently than those who do not walk in his way. Does it still hurt? Yes. Is it still hard? Yes but you have the comfort and you have the deep joy of knowing that there is one who is before you and with you. You have the deep comfort and deep joy of knowing the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. You have the comfort and the deep joy of knowing that what you are enduring is for your good. 
that God will use it for your good. You might not understand it, and you might not like it. But trust, trust that it is for your good. Do not walk in despair. Do not walk in fear. You belong to the sovereign God. Come to you in Jesus Christ. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 